This is the Al York Sports Show. Sports is my life. Real talk. Real picks. This show is not for the fake. If you can't take the heat, stay the fuck off my channel. Now let's talk. What's up, what's up, what's going on, peoples? The Al York Sports Show is back. Sorry for some delays. We in a new place. A lot of stuff we got to handle, but forget all that. We about to give y'all this business. Let me start by mentioning my panel. To my right, I got Will Bernanke, a.k.a. the Moneyline Guy. To my left, I got Noah Parker, a.k.a. the Secret Weapon. Oh, you guys are ready, man? Let's go. You ready? All right, we're going to start off. We're going to start off first, pay major salutes to my, not to my boy, let me say this right, to a gentleman that I respect, Nipsey Hussle. I'm going to turn it over to um, Noah Parker. I gave y'all my perspective. Noah, talk to them and explain to them what this guy brought to the table, man, because this guy was a stand-up dude, man. I mean, he brought a lot to the table, but people didn't even know nothing about him until it happened, and that, you know... That goes for me. The, yeah, that I'm goes like, for me. When I brought him up to you, I didn't even think you knew right. what I was even talking about at first. And it's sad to say that because it always has to happen when, you know, when the good ones die, they pass away, then everybody starts looking into who he was and what, right. he, what he did, and, you know, they, you know, the worst part about that is he was doing all this before this happened, and yes, sir. he wasn't getting all the... Publicity. You know, and publicity he's getting now. So everyone's starting to see that now. It's coming more and more. You know, in the sports world, you see players, you know, giving it up for him and, sh and showing love. And you're seeing it in the hip-hop world. You're seeing it in the media. You're seeing it in the news. You're seeing cities coming together, and they're trying to stop from what happened, stop this from happening again in the future because what he wanted was to stop gang violence. He was already, you know, he's been in the game. You know, he knows, you know, he knows the ins and outs, the goods and bads and all that. So he was trying to, you know, get out of that and, and get people on, uh, put people on game on what was going on. And it's just unfortunate that it had to go, had to go this way because to try to get your hood up and then, and then <coughs> keep them on the, you know, get people, get people to eat from where you at, it just doesn't happen a lot. You see people do this all the time. Once they get out the hood, they don't come back. They're out the hood. They made it. Uh, you know, I'm going to represent where I'm from, but that's it. I'm not going to go back. He was going back to his hood, and he was trying to get people money to get people to get jobs, get people on their feet again. And it's just unfortunate that people are going to see this now, and now they're going to think, you know, this is what happens when you go back to the hood. That's why I'm not going back. So I hope right, people right. don't see that, that kind of uh, outlook on it. And then they, you know, because some people say, you, you know, you keep it too real, you end up six feet under. So right, right. that's why, you know, but let me That's interject. Let me let me interject real fast. Um, I applaud everything you're saying. Um, but I thought I I, I got re I really feel like he knew by taking this route that he was going to be a target because you got the you got the other side of the field. Like I said, okay, you you're bringing up the hood. You're showing love to the hood. People are gonna love you for that. That's that's like you know what we got this dude coming back. He made his money. He ain't forget us. But how about them half a million jealous motherfuckers out oh, there? Oh, yeah, that's the problem. You see what I'm saying? Now, he had to know, and of course he knew they exist, because you told me yourself that he had a text a half hour before he died. 
Explain to know what that text was. A tweet, a tweet. A tweet, whatever that was. Twitter, so everybody could see it. I mean, it's not just a text. It was a a tweet that he put, um, it's a blessing to have, oh, having strong enemies is a blessing. So that right there, to say that, you know, to put that out there. Is that he knew. It's like he could have just had a conversation with somebody that, you know, had beef with him or something. But as soon as that came out, and then it was just unfortunate, you don't know if it was ironic or if it was just bad timing, that that happened right away in his own plaza where he, you know, his own stores. Right. He, he went right in front of his fans, right in front of his people he knew. And he had his guards down. He had no bodyguards. No. They said, first they said he had bodyguards. Now they're saying he didn't have yeah. no bodyguards. I mean, you in your hood. So you probably think you you, know, you, got, you, got, you got your guard down a little bit. Oh, yeah, remember, this could be I somebody. I know, but once you're a millionaire, right, Fat Joe right. got a bodyguard oh, yeah, everywhere yeah, he goes. Everywhere he Fat Joe keep it funky, you right. know what I'm saying? But, I mean, it could have been something that happened 10 years ago, though. And it, like, I, I always bring it back to that pock line. That right, right, said, right. You know, coming back after all these years, you know, God just don't have it on his mind. Just waiting for that that time, and you know you made it big. Now I'm a, now you're done. Exactly. Now you got the juice. Exactly. That's the problem. He had the juice. So we're gonna find out what happens with the uh, the guy that's being accused. But it's, Eric Holder. His name yeah, is right. Eric Holder. Right. It's, it's AKA uh, shitty cuz. Right. It's a sad situation. I ain't fishing perfect, but he did a shitty ass move. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll we'll see. We know when uh when all the charges come down and all that how, what happens if he gets. His, just, his justice in the street or... Right, right, right. He's going to get his regardless. But anyway, salute the Nipsey Hussle. God bless you, like I said in my prior videos. Now, let me shout out my boy real quick. Uh, my boy Dwayne Beeman fights on April 12th. Dwayne Beeman, a.k.a. Mr. Stop Running, on YouTube, Fight Hub TV at 7 p.m. Salute to Dwayne Beeman. Love you, kid. Do what you got to do. Now, let's jump into the sports part of the show which a lot of people are waiting for. I'm going to start off with my right uh, will the money line guy. But before I start off with you, let me go through yesterday's final four. We got Auburn, who lost to Virginia 63-62 in an incredible game. Well, I mean, I seen, I only got to see the last five minutes of the game. And let me tell you something, the last five minutes was, was money. Because Virginia went up, went from being up 10 to being down four with a couple seconds. Your take, Will. Incredible game. Uh, you know, Virginia, I haven't seen a run like this uh, in the tournament since uh, 1983, NC State's uh, cardiac pack uh, run to the, to the title. It, just a team that's walked on water here for, for a couple games, uh, beating Purdue in that last second incredible sequence when the oh, ball was batted back gosh. and they tied the game and win it overtime. And then this game just might have topped that as far as improbability. Uh, to, to come back down four, hit an incredible shot. The guy in the yes. corner hits an incredible three. Uh, the, the Auburn guard, I can't think of his name. He missed a one out of two free throws. The, the guy made 17 I know straight. you're talking about, yeah, yeah. yeah it wasn't Brown, it was the other guy. Yeah, 17 straight free throws. The guy's been money, and then he actually <coughs> misses a second, which I couldn't believe he missed it. And, of course, uh, Auburn probably overplayed the situation, fouling twice in a sequence under uh, seven seconds. The, at the second time, they probably shouldn't have fouled there when it was yeah. – uh, like three seconds when the ball should have been a, a double dribble. Right, right. But they had fouls to give. Well, I yeah. think you have to utilize those. Okay. Yeah, I think you don't want a team to set up, though, around half court. The first, In the backcourt, the foul was okay. After that, uh, I think at that point, especially after the Oh, I got you. Yeah, foot, I got you. Let the situation play out. You know, they're scrambling. But regardless, Virginia set up a play. Now, should the foul have been called to the letter of the law? Yes, uh, it should have been called. But in that situation, uh, it's tough to uh, – sometimes you just want the players to decide it, regardless it's a completely blatant, you know, uh, 
you know, tackle type foul. Um, but the guy, the guy stepped to the line, hit all three free throws, and, and they won the game. So uh, I have to say, uh, Virginia's on a magical run here, and right. you know, I, I think. Uh, well, you, you watching this this game for years, practically yeah. over 25 plus years, maybe even more than that. Have you ever seen a call made at yes. this juncture of the yes. game? Yes. Yes. Man, uh, 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 of this magnitude yes, of the game. Yes, just as this magnitude. Hubert Davis, uh, Hugh Holland's foul call against the Bulls, uh, 1994 playoffs. Uh, okay, but NBA... We're talking about uh, the finals I know it's here. basketball, it's I know, but NBA, I can't expect that. Have you ever seen it in college? Uh, in college, let's see. I, I feel a little different with the NBA. You know why I got my I'm sure it's happened, but I can't recall off the top of my head. Maybe Noah would know. Right, uh, right. Top of his head. Uh, but no, nothing like that. But again, uh, I think they should have swallowed the whistle because they didn't call the double dribble. But regardless, you know, listen, the guy makes both free throws, then they're up three, uh, then they have a situation where they may be fouled and then send him to the line and things turn out differently. So right, right. they so gave they he, gave him the opening. Yeah, so if he changed that, this never happens. I mean, it can happen, but it would have went to overtime instead. No, I, I don't think they foul there, and that's. I think they foul beforehand, and they go to the line down three where they have to make one miss. No, but one. what I'm saying is. He didn't want to foul him, regardless what no, situation. No. So if they were down three, that still be that that still be called foul anyway. Yeah, if they were down three, that's sure. That's what I'm saying. But at least they will have life. They'll yeah. go all the time. Noah Parker. I mean, coming from down ten, that late in the game, you could see Virginia was trying to take the air out of the ball. <clears throat> didn't work out. Uh, Auburn takes the lead. You know, they looked like they had the game. I think they were, from what I heard, they were um, ten. Uh, I think Virginia was plus five hundred. With six seconds left to win that game. Oh wow! <clears throat> like they were, you know, it looked it looked pretty bleak. So that's two games in a row where they were five to ten to one at the end of the game, with under ten seconds left, and they ended up squeaking out. It kind of reminds me of uh, Kemba Walker's run too with UConn. That was pretty improbable. Oh wow! I mean, it's it's I don't know. It's tough to say because like the NC State team you're bringing up, they were they were a dog a lot of the games, and and the Kemba Walker comparison were also a dog. But Virginia's the number one seed. They're supposed to be. You know, they've been favored every game. They're supposed to have been uh, winning, but they just come down to the wire all these games. And I think that the, the loss to last year's UMBC team um, helped them kind of get over the hump of playing in big games and, yeah. and finishing these games out. Like, as you saw it early on, they struggled against uh, Gardner-Webb. Yeah. They struggled in a lot of their games, but they're, they, you know, they're, they're still uh, getting the job done. But, I mean, that's just a low <coughs> IQ play there, that foul. And I, I know it, it killed, um, you know, Auburn and their fans and their, and their head coach especially who was ready to blow a fuse on the sidelines. So how do you miss but, that double dribble? Yeah, I, it's just something you referees. You, you know, I'm going to give them one thing. It's not an obvious rule because no. they're looking for two hands. Yeah. When it goes off someone's foot, you spur the moment. You know, you, sometimes you're... Uh, you know, officials can be uh, thinking about the clock. They're looking at other factors. And that's that's, something that, that's, that's a, exactly what I was going to say. They were looking for the foul factor. Yeah. So they probably, you know, their mind was off a double dribble, especially a double dribble like that, which is kind of different, like yeah. you're saying. Okay. But there was a game, uh, I think, uh, Sweet 16, Tennessee. Uh, they, were, they were leading by three. And then right. with one second left, they fouled the three-point shooter. They made the call. It, it, that was less of a foul, looked like less of a foul than the one we saw yesterday. Is that right? They got three shots, and wow. they tied up, went to overtime. Tennessee ended up losing, and they got knocked out. But, you know, these referees do make the call. You're supposed to, you know, make the call in the first minute to the last minute. You're supposed to have that kind of, you know, going in. But a lot of times these referees do swallow the whistle late. 
But I, 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 don't, I was a very obvious foul because he did jump. You know, he jumped into him. You could see his feet were red. Were, were no, no, no. They, I've seen the breakdown. I've seen the breakdown. Not you only have that, to make that call. Not only that, when a guy shoots and he's off the ground, you got to give him room to land. To land. Right. But what I'm saying is you are extremely sharp on that call. But you just missed the double dribble. Right. That's a violation. A foul and a violation is different, though. I know that, but that's where it messes me up at. You right. know, you sharp on one call, but you wasn't. Right. It's almost like when you're a coach, right? When you're a baseball coach. The makeup call. You want, you, you know what I mean? You, you want strikes called both ways the same way. Right. So me but saying they, that. They say that all the time. You're going to get calls. You're going to get you're gonna get no calls. It's just part of the game. That's why you get. And that's why I read a tweet that Dick Vitale actually said to the game. They should have, be able to review the double dribble. And we'll be sitting watching five-hour games. I don't want to, you know, just leave it the way it is. They missed the call. Missed the call. Ain't nothing you can do about it. It happens all the time. Referees miss call. Yeah, football. Coach Pearl is right yeah. now sick right I mean, now, man. Uh, Drew Brees is Coach still sick. Coach Pearl is sick. Drew Brees is sick. Still sick. So it happens in all sports. Baseball. Yeah. Basketball, football, even hockey. So let me ask you something before we move on. Do you, do you rather keep it the human element, both of oh, you yeah, guys, or you rather that it, it can go to video beyond uh, what I, we should be doing? I like the video uh, the way it is now with the clock and, right. and things that can really uh, that are um, that can be, it be should be corrected. Uh, judgment calls, I think, some are reviewable. Like in the NFL, they're going to be reviewing the uh, pass interference, but judgment calls to me still you still need that. Um, What's the word? You still need some semblance of, of human error or human judgment in the game. Right, right. Because then why even have officials out there? It's like baseball, automatic strikes, that kind of stuff, you know. Some I don't things, think I'll like that, but right. I like that yeah. point. Some, some things you just have to, the human error, the human judgment uh, part of the game is, is part of the game. You know, yeah. it is, and that's why. You, you just got to live with it, whether it works with you or, with, or yeah. against you, I guess. Exactly. It's just when it goes against you, it, it's, it's a bad pill to swallow. Yeah, man. and there's always opportunities in the game to win. You can look at even if you do get a, a bad call, a really bad call, there's been throughout the years. There's always a spots in the game where something could have, Auburn could have done something different. Like that, Kyle guy hits the three when they're down four. Maybe there you foul. As a, I know it was weird to foul up four, but let's say you foul and you go to the line for two, or one and one, you don't give up a no, three. No, I like that. Two. I like you know, that. It's, it's a spot there. You, other things you could have yeah. done. To it's against what your best coach in basketball does. Right. Which is Greg Popovich. Yeah. Well. It's, but but you know what I'm saying. But I, I like that. I'd rather foul like you said. Give up the two, you know what I'm saying, et cetera, instead yeah. of giving up that three. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's things you could have done to, to change it. But up. we always got answers after the fact. You, you yeah. know, it's crazy how that works. But it should be a great uh, finals, that's for sure. Great yes, final game. yes, yeah. yes. But before I get to that, there was another game yesterday, Will, uh, three-seeded Texas Tech Raiders versus uh, Michigan State Spartans, Tom Izzo and company. Oh, man, this game, Texas Tech showed me a lot, man. They showed me a lot because State came back. They was also down about eight, nine points. They came back, had it at 52-51, and then Red Raiders went on a 9-0 run to end the game with under two minutes. Your take. Um, I mean, we'll start off with former UNLV coach for about 10 days, Chris, <laughs> Chris Beard. I mean, he just did a great job. I mean, what can you say? He had a great game plan. Um, and then to have the, you know, to able to close them out there when that runs coming. Cassius Winston, one of the best players out there on the court. Yes, sir. Who uh, who's doing work all day. I mean, a lot of people saw Michigan State beat Duke, and thought, you know, there's your champion right there. They just knocked out the favorites to win it all. Um, <coughs> they still got the name. They got the, the big head coach name and Tom Izzo. But like I was saying, he was one in seven 
in this Final Four stage. He's only made it to the finals one time out of the eight opportunities. So he, he, it's hard for him to get over that hump for some reason. <coughs> it happened again. Uh, and Texas Tech, to me, they had the best defense in this tournament. I mean, everyone says Virginia's defense is so good, but we're going to find out um, tomorrow because Texas Tech's defense is, I mean, better in my opinion. Well, let me support your argument. During the tournament, Tech has given up 54.6 yep. points a game. Yep. And uh, Virginia's 58.6 in the tourney, but in the regular season, Virginia's ranked number one, and they give up the lowest amount of points. But go ahead. But, I mean, for them to come out and just start just beating guys like they're beating, people didn't see Texas Tech even on the radar. I mean, I'm seeing tickets out there that they were 200-1 at one point. Wow. So they were. I didn't see them coming. They were way back. Yeah, I didn't see them coming. No one expected this, but I said it on on a couple of other shows around the Sweet 16. I think when they beat – oh, after they beat Michigan – by 25 or something, they destroyed Michigan. I thought this was yeah, the yeah, best they, they team. Killed they're, they're, they're playing. Killed. They're clicking on all cylinders right now. They hold now. them to like what 49 points. Oh, and they, yeah, they, they, from the perimeter, Michigan didn't hit a three until the last minute, when the game was already uh, over. But yeah, them guys d up, man. I said that this team is clicking on all cylinders defensively and offensively, so they're going to be the team to beat the rest of this way. Now, I mean, I should have put more coin on them when I said that, but right. for them to get to the final here, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I was right on, and okay. that's why. Tomorrow's game. I'm yeah. Before I'm before pulling, you go I'm there, pulling. before you go there, let me. That's the next topic I'm gonna okay. bring up. Uh, we're gonna give some leans. We're gonna give some leans on tomorrow. So y'all take what we give y'all. Y'all wanna make some money with it. Do what y'all gotta do. We might have different answers though. But go with you. What you guys like, and if we can make y'all, you know, feel like you like your bets better, then go for it. But you got number one seeded Virginia Cavaliers at 34 and three versus Texas Tech. Number three seeded at 31 and six. As of now, what you got the line? I had minus one Virginia. Did it change? One and a half, I'm seeing. One and so a half. it went to one and a half. Will, you got any numbers on that game? And I, I think I got yeah, 118. I mean, it's, it's one, one and a half, depending what book. And what you got the totals on that game? Uh, 118. Looks like that's consensus. Yep. Okay, 118. So, like uh, like Noah said, uh, defensively, Virginia all year had the better defense. They were ranked number one. They gave up 55.5 points a game. Texas Tech was ranked number three. Ranked number three, they gave up 58.8 points a game. That doesn't mean much because in a tournament, Texas Tech had the better defense statistically. So now I'm going to start with you, Will, and tell the peoples who you like in this game and why. Uh, well, it kind of has worked out exactly what, what I was looking for here going into the final game. Uh, I was hoping Auburn uh, would, would cover, and they did. I, I was actually... You know, thinking they would win at the end there, but they, you know, they still covered the game, and I wanted Virginia to kind of look poor in that game and and win. So kind of a middle spot where they look good but and win. Uh, right. Auburn would look good, but Virginia uh, would take the game. So uh, and Texas Tech, of course, winning, looking great. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with the, the team that just just on a magical ride here. I, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, the way their uh, divine intervention and. I'm gonna take Virginia. I could get minus one. Maybe I'll. I might wait even to maybe get Pickham or minus one ten money line or something like that, and just ride with the, the hot team here or the team on a uh, on a uh, not a hot team. Texas Tech's hot, but uh, on a magical ride, and just take Virginia here to. I, I was gonna. Th- I thought the line would be like three when when they right. when they won, and the fact that it was one and a half, and I see any any specific the, reasons the why you like them. Will beside just liking them. Just uh, you know, I like the fact that they didn't. Uh, play well against Auburn for the most part, at least at the end, and, and then Texas Tech looks great, and now you have that, you know, people are going to probably bet Texas Tech because of how great they looked, and Virginia, I think better is going to 
think they don't belong there. They don't think that, you know, they don't belong there. You don't like the lucky yeah. charm factor that they've been getting lucky the last couple games? Well, in fact, I'll ride, I might as well ride that at this point. <laughs> so I'm just going to ride it. That, it's it's, it's no, no other reason. I really don't love big games to begin with as far as that, but I'll just take Virginia here because of that factor and a good number. Okay, we're going to be right back. Don't go nowhere. Noah Parker got a lean. I got my lean. We be right back. We got some bills to pay. Don't go nowhere. What's going on? What's going on? We back on the Al York Sports Show with the panel, money line guy, the secret weapon. We giving y'all our leans as of right now. Money line guy gave up Virginia. Minus one or one and a half or just the one, Will? Just the one or the money line. One or the money line. Okay, yeah. now we're going to go to the secret weapon, Noah Parker. Yo, take, man. Talk to them. They all looking, man. Money line guy. You got to take the money line. Yeah. Money line guy. Of course. There you go. <clears throat> all right, now, before the tournament started, we talked about who we'd like to win this whole tournament. Right. I think I forgot who you see. You might have said Gonzaga or somebody. I said another I changed Gonzaga. Another guy that was here on the show said Duke. Top favorite. Yeah. And I said Virginia at the time. So for me to have to switch off the team I had to win this whole thing anyway, it's tough because <laughs> I had them to win the whole thing. Now I get to the last game. Now I got to get off them. But the Who way, you change them to, though? But the way Texas you Tech's change, playing. You changed them to Tennessee, right? No, Something like no, that? No, no. At first I liked Tennessee. Then I, I, I'm going with Virginia because I didn't like they seed me. Right, right, right. But I already have Virginia going all the way. But now I get to the last <laughs> game. But just the way Texas Tech was playing since, since they played Michigan – I said I was going to ride them out the rest of the way. I had a little future on Virginia personally, so I can kind of hedge off of here. But if you're giving me a gun in the head, I got to take the plus plus one and a half. Give me um, the Texas Tech Red Raiders and their uh, their their outstanding defense right now. I'm gonna I'm just gonna ride with it. Virginia's been getting you know kind of lucky, like like Will said, and might have that horseshoe. But I I just got to go with logically. If I'm putting my money down on the team that I think can win this game, both from both aspects. I got to go against them. You know, a number one seed being only a one-and-a-half-point favorite is telling you something right there. That's just telling you right there that they're not a fraud number one seed, but they can be beat. And, I mean, I'm going with the plus one. And remember, I'm, this is coming from a guy that had Virginia win the whole thing. So it's tough for me to say, give me the Red Raiders. But Oh, but you calling it like it is. Right, gun to my head, I'm taking yeah, it. Yeah, right. you calling it like it is. I mean, so I, mean. I like teams sometimes, and when they get to the big game, I might not think they could win that big game. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, me personally, they said defense wins championships. I heard that terminology in football. Never really heard it in basketball, although we can say the bad boys, Pistons, did it. But they also had a lot of offense that a lot of people forgot about. And and to use it in basketball is kind of rough. But I got to say, you know, the Red Raiders have played a lot of better defense, like Noah said, in the tournament. And Virginia's just been looking like they're playing good enough to win. I'm seeing the Red Raiders basically dominate teams. And yesterday, I wouldn't say that was a dominant game. They dominated the spawn because it was 52-51 before they went on their 9-0 run. So it looked like they blew them out by 10. But you know and I know the game was a lot closer than that. But I'm going to use what I say against myself, gun to the head, because I really can't pick a side. I really can't. But... I'm gonna run with I'm gonna run with the Red Raiders, man. 
I got you, man. I mean, like they've been they've been showing that they've been not only winning, but they've been dominating the defense after the game. I don't know if you peaked it. After the game, they looked like they can play another game. I mean, they was jumping around. They was extremely oh, active. I mean, how do you that active in a game well, of that magnitude, bro? Right. You know what I'm saying? So I got to go. Well, no offense to you in the Cavalier bet. I got to take yeah. the Red Raiders. So you got it right there. You got Moneyline guy, Virginia. Al York Sports, Red Raiders. The secret weapon, Red Raiders. So now y'all do what y'all got to do. Get your money. Do it, you know, and just say thank you, man. We get it for y'all. Just tell us thank you, man. And with that, um, we're going to jump into the NBA, man. Well, I'm going to start with you again. Uh, playoff picture. We're not going to go through every potential matchup because we'll be here forever. So I'm going to pick a matchup up from the east and one from the west. And actually, to be honest with you, this is the only matchup that's locked in as of right now anyway. So we're going to start with the east-west, uh, with the east well. With the uh, Indiana Pacers at the Boston Celtics. That's four versus the fifth seed. Who you like coming out this series and why, Will? Uh, I like the Celtics. Uh, I think they sent the message to them the other day uh, by blowing out Indiana in Indiana. I just think Indiana, without Old Depot, has done a commendable job this year. And, and uh, you know, kudos to Nate McMillan. He should be in the running for Coach of the Year, what he's, how he's held that team together. With and the, Ma- Matthews injury. stepped up for him. He's not all old depot, yeah. but Wes Matthews played a you know, big part again. Yeah, they got him right uh, uh, in the trade, I believe. Yeah, right? yeah. from the Knicks. Yeah. yeah, so a great job uh, by the Pacers. But, you know, I think the Celtics, just you know, too much talent here. And uh, they, like I said, they sent a message, and, and they're going to, uh, I don't know if they're going to win the title, but they're certainly going to turn it on. Uh, once the bell rings here in the playoffs, and I think they win this series. I'll give Indiana one game here. I think Celtics win in five and take care of business and then move on. Go to the books. Money line guy like the Celtics in five. Noah Parker. Celtics Pacers? Yes. They got home, they got home court locked up to <clears throat> playing at another level. I, I wanna, it, Nate McMillan did a hell of a job this year. After losing Tremendous job. Oladipo. Tremendous job. He could be in the runner for coach of the year. Yeah. You know, Miles Turner's a great story. They got guys on there, Derek Howells and veterans that have been doing work. But that roster is just, it's just not enough. Bench is not enough. They're not going to build it. I think they win, They might, might win one game. I, I, oh, you got them winning one also? Swept. They probably get swept, in my opinion. Um, it's going to be uh, just a walk in the park for Boston. I, I shouldn't have any problem with that. Series. Let me ask you guys something. What you think the line would be for that series if you had to get? I'll say a baby like a minus two hundred, right? No, a lot higher than that. Higher than that? Oh yeah. For four or five series. No, well, Celtics have home court, right? Yeah. They have home court. I'm seeing like six hundred to eight hundred. Yep. Oh, you think that much? You think you, you're going to book me two hundred? Well, I'll take it. Though. I mean, if you look at it this way, the, the Celtics. <laughs> you must have seen it already. Then. No, I have. Celtics <laughs> were one point favorites at. Um, in Indiana. In Indiana. Mm-hmm. Right. So at home, they'll probably that would make them probably about uh, six or seven point favorites. Mm-hmm. So and then they're ho- hosting the first game as six or seven point favorites. I'd say minus four or five hundred in that range. Four hundred maybe. I mean, it depends on where the public bets it up, but that would probably be in the opening range. Right, like right, that. right. A significant favorite, regardless whether it's four hundred, five hundred, you know. Right, right. Okay, so you you guys who've been following me you know that I got the Celtics actually to get out the Eastern Conference. I've been saying this. I'm gonna stay behind my word. So you know I definitely like the Celtics coming out. Now, I can't encourage you to take them on a, a series bet because it's too much. Maybe you want to parlay with um, the Celtics 
with another series bet. And we'll have a lot more next week. Because like, like I said, right now, a lot of stuff, it's just everything's not settled yet. But, I mean, you can parlay with the, with the other series we're going to give out. That won't be a bad idea, which we're going to jump into right now. I'm going to start with Nova Parker. Number four, Portland Trailblazers coming out the Western Conference. And Utah Jazz, number five seeded. Who you like in that series and why? Utah, easy, all the way. Portland's too hurt, missing too many players. Wait, wait, wait. Did I even say easy? Easy. Wow. FC going on the road. Dame Lillard wins one game. That's it. Going on the road. Going on the road. They'll lose. They'll lose at home. Wow. Just too many guys hurt. McCollum out. You know, then they lose. Is he out for the playoffs though? He's out for the season. I'm hearing Uh, Nurkic out. CJ's uh, out for the season. That's what I, that's what I, I haven't checked. That's what I if he's out for the season, then, you, then you're right. They definitely lose. It's just too tough. But with CJ, I still think they could give, oh, give him yeah, a quick series. Yeah, if you're going to give me a full roster, then I'm, I'm taking Portland in that series. With no, but it ain't even a full roster because Nurkic is out right. one of their best players. I think they're both out. Um, okay. You know, it's just tough You know, when you have one gunner out there, Damian Lillard, who's one of the best point guards in the league. But you're going up against Utah that's, that's clicking on all cylinders when they're at home and they play well on the road. So I I gotta go Utah. Maybe Portland wins a game, but that's it. Cause it's just it's just Utah's playing too well right now with Gobert down there, and you're you're gonna put Enos Cantor against Gobert or or Myers Leonard. They're just not even in the same class as uh, Rudy Gobert. So right. the guard plays well too in Utah. So give me Utah and and, uh, and Utah uh, Utah's battle tested. Not that Portland ain't, but. Oh yeah, Utah showed me a lot last yeah. year how they battled. They battled. Destroyed, they destroyed OKC. Yeah, 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 and they battled. Well, yeah, who was the home court there? Portland. Portland, right? Portland got the home yeah. court. Uh, yeah, I like Utah as well, but uh, I don't think it'll be, uh, uh, you know, walking the park here. But uh, Portland, you know, just they haven't shown me anything in the playoffs, so I, there's no reason for me to think anything be different. Last year they got swept with their full roster, right? And embarrassed last year. So uh, I'm not a big believer in Terry Stotts anyway, so when it comes to playoff basketball, I feel like he's uh, a substandard coach. Uh, I just haven't seen anything to, to believe any, anything otherwise. Regular season, solid coach. Postseason, just doesn't make adjustments on the fly, as shown last year, how they did nothing to get back in that series. So I, I look for Utah just, just because they'll be on the road. I think they win it in uh, six, kind of like they did with OKC last year where uh, they had to go to the OKC at home court, right? Right. So, similar type of series where they went in six. I give Portland two games. Okay, and that's even if, if, if CJ's out too? You still give him two games? Um, if he's oh, out. Oh, that's with CJ I, in the lineup. CJ, if, if CJ's I mean, in, Curry's been playing good ball I still say in his spot, but he ain't no CJ. No. Two games regardless. No I still think two games. I think they split the two in Portland to start, and then they'll grab one more Portland somewhere along the way. But they're losing six regardless if he plays. Okay, now my take on this series uh, – it's obvious, uh, three-game sweep, uh, meaning like we all like the same team. I, I'm going to go with Utah. I'm also going to give Portland two games. I think they'll squeeze out two games. It's not saying much. It just means that the series will be a prolonged and extra game. Utah's going to win this game. They're going to move on. And, uh, you know, they deserve it, man. I love them boys. Rubio, what's your band name? The brother Donald I like. Mitchell. Oh, Mitchell. I even like Ingles. Ingles is a sneaker so Ingles, to me, man. Best left Especially right at home at Short Lake. Ingles is money over there. Yeah. So there y'all go. This is the playoff picture. We're going to take a, a couple-minute break. We'll be right back. We got some bills to pay. I hope you're happy with that there, brother. We'll be right back. Don't go nowhere.
What up, what up? We coming right back with it, man. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. The panel's stepping up. We doing what we have to do to make you guys have an easier way of looking at sports and then making a couple of dollars, man. You know I got to throw that in there. Yep. All right, we're going to go to the NFL, guys. Boss ladies want some energy, so let's get our energy up. We're going right to the NFL. Big situation in Seattle. By April 15th, they better make a big decision because Russell Wilson told a branch, if you don't give me an extension by April 15th, something that I could apply to and something that fulfills what I'm looking for, by the 15th, I want to be traded. So I'm going to start with you, Noah. What do you think about um, Russell Wilson basically getting at the brass like that, giving him basically an ultimatum? Is it healthy or is he doing the right thing? Talk to him. I think he's looking out, he's looking out for Russell Wilson. He's doing what he got to do. He sounds like his sure woman is talking. Though. I, heard, I keep hearing that rumor, too. I'm sure his woman makes more than him because she's been, you know, she been a star for about 15 years now doing movies and they don't really pay football players right. like that. No, they don't. So um, if she is, if she's got the pants on in that, in that relationship, right. it's sad to see she's telling him what to do on the football field because you see a lot of times Giselle and Tom Brady, you know, the same kind of thing, but it's not, you know, it's not even close. But I think it's more him trying to establish his own legacy. And, if you know, if we don't get it done now, then I'm out of here. Because as you can tell, Seattle's been on a kind of downswing since, you know, since they lost the – the um, Legion of Boom. and They don't want to pay nobody. Well, they don't. That's why they, they didn't want to pay that's Chancellor. That's the problem. Thomas the Third, Browner. So at least he's putting his head out there. You know, he's putting, you know, he's putting it all on the table. Like, this is it. You know, make it happen or I'm out of here. So I like, I like that, you know, the fact just because of the whole situation in the last few years in that team. You saw what happened with your boy <coughs> that just got picked up um, when he got hurt. In his last game there. Thomas the third. Right. So he got paid. Right. So but the Seattle paying though? No. I mean so he put you know, he put it out there and we'll see what happens, but it's it's I mean then you throw Sherman too, they right. ain't wanna pay. Yeah. So I mean yeah, these Chancellor, guys I mean all these guys, so You mean, got all these guys that was loyal to the organization right. and they're not getting sacrificed their bodies, right. went to two Super Bowls. And you can't and pay these guys? So he's gotta, they got to go elsewhere to get that chicken? He's got to do so because I'm sure he doesn't want to let the fans down that wear his jersey and you know, he's been rocking with since he, since he showed up there. Yeah, he, you know he's a loyal type dude. So to him to come out like this is because it's something that's overdue. Would you agree? Yep. Now, before I move on to the money line, guy, where would Noah Parker like him to land at? If you had a... If you had like a landing situation for him, where would you like him to land at? I mean, Miami seems like the. the oh, well, I never thought of that one. Miami or Houston, but I think Miami. Yeah, Miami desperate more. to need for I'm a sure quarterback. I'm sure Sierra wouldn't mind living in South Beach. Whoa. So that, that's to me, that's the number one. Yeah, I like that fit better than New York. Yeah, New York's kind of. I like that fit better than New York. Yeah, that's that's where I'm going right now. If I'm if I'm Russ and I'm Sierra, you know she want to be on the beach. So <laughs> that's my uh, that's my take on that. He ends up in Miami if he don't sign that extension in Seattle. Okay. Now, Will, uh, first question is, uh, how do you feel about the ultimatum he's given to the organization? I think he's earned the uh, earned the right to ask, you know, for for a big time contract. I mean, the guy is the right now is the whole organization. He single handedly is taking them to taking them to the playoffs. Uh, Him and Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner on defense is the quarterback on defense. But get yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this guy's the face of the franchise. Has, has really 
carried that team, MVP type of year last year, uh, you know, running for his life a lot of times with, uh, <laughs> with some uh, questionable offensive line. Play, oh, but my it did gosh. Pick up. The offensive line did get better as the year went on. But, uh, yeah, he's earned the right, and, and I think he deserves that type of contract here. Uh, whether Seattle gives him that extension or not uh, is another story, but you know, we'll see how it plays out. I'm, I'm not too sure if Seattle's trying to be like the Patriots. You know, I don't like hearing that because I want teams to be like themselves, not try to copy another team. Do Have your own uh, – a team should have its own uh, type of identity right. as opposed to trying to copy Well, it is a copycat league like they be saying. Yeah, yeah but mo- no teams that cop- as a copycat ever wins. I, very rarely does that happen. So if you – Teams that win usually have their own identity. You can't have no identity and win in that league. It's impossible. So right, right. When, you try, when teams that do copy, they never win anyway. They they're become a laughing stock. Don't let me get into the wildcat situation. Right. So teams, oh, I, my gosh. And I, where I think he ends up, um, I actually – Where would you like him to end up? Not where you think he would end up. Yeah. And please don't say you're New York football giants. Well, I have to say that. <laughs> that's, that's where I think I – think You the, love your giants, bro. Yeah. Well, I, I think that he ends up with the giants. I think that's right. where he – that's where uh, I want him to end up. I think he actually does because the giants have been very – Yo, well, well, my, my New York is looking right now. They love. They would love Russell Wilson. Mom is the word. Here, here's the, the, the thing that's kind of – They would love that. Tipping this off, uh, I, I like Russell Wilson, but if they get him, I'm not going to put him in the Super Bowl or anything. He's not, like, the greatest ever. Solid quarterback. Uh, the Giants, you know, they've been mum on their quarterback situation, right? And I think that that's playing into this scenario where maybe they pull a trigger on a trade. They have a couple picks they can trade here to Seattle. And the longer this plays out, this scenario where they don't sign him, the leverage now turns over to Russell Wilson and Seattle loses somewhere. They have to get something for him. You know, it's not his, his stock is, is falling because of the leverage he has. So maybe the Giants step in and, and they don't have to draft the quarterback where they trade those picks, get Russell Wilson and address, uh, you know, uh, the bit glare, most glaring need for them. And then, you know, Eli Manning, whatever they do with him at that point, I would just say release him. I don't know what to hear nothing about. I mean, man, me and no tired of hearing about Eli in New York, man. Uh, we had Tony Braun in this show the other day, uh, the other week, actually. And he's really thinking that Eli is going to leave this truth. I mean, I, when do you say enough is enough, man? That's been three years. I exactly, think. man. I mean, do you see any possibility of Eli becoming the old Eli again? I mean, I really don't, man. But anyway, let me give y'all my perspective. I played a practical joke on Facebook on April Fool's Day. I said Russell Wilson got traded to them boys for Dak Prescott and a number two. And a lot of people thought I was being, you know, I was accurate with it, but then a lot of people caught on and knew I was BSing. But now I'm being realistic. It's a long shot. It ain't going to happen. I'm letting you right now, it's not going to happen, but it, where I would like him to land at would be the Cowboys. I don't think Dak, and I know you agree with me on this, he doesn't have enough to bring my team to the Super Bowl. He just don't. His arsenal is not wide enough. I mean, he's a good kid. He's a tough kid. He'll get us to the playoffs maybe every year. But that's not enough in Big D, man. Yeah, you got the billion-dollar playpen. You know, you got the, the, the best fans. Uh, they're still America's team, although I, I kind of gave it to New England. But in football, Dallas is the America's team. But I would love for the Cowboys to, you know, to swap Dak. Not that Seattle want him, but let's say for some reason Seattle can't get a high draft pick and try to pick up the young boy from Oklahoma because they they trying to do something like that where if they could get Murray and then maybe uh, Pete, you know what I mean, Pete Cowell could convert him to a future Russell 
If you're with me, I mean, it might take a few years, but they got a few years to burn. They got the whole, they got rid of the whole Legion of Boom. Right, so the everybody right now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody right now is just in, they, they're in progress of trying to be that great team again. But I would love them to go to the Cowboys. I'll give up a number one in that press stop for them because I like Russell Wilson that much. Now, as far as him putting that ultimatum, uh, he deserves the right, especially after seeing a lot of players leave town forced to get traded, and I mean, you ain't going to pay your main player? Get the F out of there, man. You want to go to MLB now? Let's go. You ready for MLB? Yeah. I'm going to start with you, Will the Money Line guy, because this is your best subject. It's early in the league, guys. It's real early. I'm letting y'all know right now, super early. But we're going to give y'all what we think right now, who's starting off good, who has a bad start, and who we see who's kind of built up to make a run in the long run. And I'm going to start with you, Moneyline God. Your biggest surprises on both ends of the field, meaning like who's doing good you ain't, you ain't expecting, who's doing bad that you ain't expect coming out the gate, Moneyline God. I'll just take stick with two teams, the, the one that's doing great out of the gate. And, again, it's called, you know, everyone overreacts in baseball because it's, you know, 162 games, 10 games does not make a season. Got to remember, the Mets started, what, 11-1 last year. Exactly. see how they finished, so never overreact. But Seattle is A month later, it was like in fifth place or some shit. Yeah. yeah, and probably the same will happen this year. But uh, Seattle definitely is a surprise so far. They've gotten off to a great start considering they've really had a fire sale before the season in the offseason and, uh, you know, letting their closer go, their, you know, Cano. But they've really uh, played well. Back. Cano I agree yeah. with because yeah. I felt he was a cancer for them. But Diaz is a beast. But get Yeah. It. yeah. Uh, you know, they've gotten contributions from guys like a Tim Beckham who was basically discarded, uh, you know, by a couple teams. He's come in and done done a good job. Uh, that guy Santana. Uh, I remember with the Japan, Japanese. Yeah, uh, Domingo Japan Santana. Grand Slam. He's been tearing it up there. So they've been a big surprise. I'm just going to keep it short. And, of course, the other end of the spectrum has been the Red Sox. How horrible this. Oh, hold on. Before you yeah. leave Seattle, they also picked up Encarnacion. Yeah. So he'll be a big help for them again. Sure. Um, yeah, Red Sox have been big surprise on the other end. It, 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 not just the way they're the losing, but they're starting pitching. It's just like every guy, can you top this in the negative way? Who, who can pitch worse right, right. Every, every time out? How can we lose today? But, you know, if they will turn it around. I'm confident that team is right. still. Yeah, you, know, you got the same championship team, yeah, basically. They will well, but let me around. ask you something. Let me interview real quick. Do you think something's wrong with Chris Sale? No, oh, you think he, he just no, didn't watch? his last game I, this week, he gave up only one run. Didn't they lose one nothing in that game? I don't that remember, but I believe you. Yeah, you're saying Oakland, it, I believe you. This week against Oakland, Sale gave up one run, and they lost one nothing uh, late in the game. So but he, he, he got whacked two prior uh, yeah. starts beside that. But it's funny how you get whacked, and right away people think something's wrong right. with you. Like, we human at the end of the day. Yeah, he's getting well. fine. Uh, just to, the, as a staff, you know, Porcello's been getting lit up. Uvaldi, which I kind of expected this to happen. I think him being in the rotation is a mistake. They should he should be like a long man, a super sub, super spot paid starter. Him. They that, paid him right, too. that would be his best role. <laughs> but you know, Price uh, didn't pitch that well yesterday. So you know, this team is, uh, but they haven't played a home game yet. Yeah. So they're two and eight though. Two and eight. I yeah. never expected that. I right. can't lie to you. No. So like, once they start get going, I think they'll be all right. Okay. No. Um, I mean, like you said, they didn't play a home game yet. 
Um, that's the problem there. David Price, okay, they ain't play a home game yet. You still expect them to start two and eight? But they feast at home. They feast on wins at home. Man, they feast everywhere. The best side go to Yankee right. Stadium, but and they feasted I mean, on my coming team. Coming off a championship, they still, I mean, we got the chicken and beer in the dugout, too. Gotcha. You know how it is with the Red Sox. Yeah. You never know. The, um, David Price has another kid on the way, too, which is what I'm hearing, so he might be a little distracted. Uh, but, you know, as big as a surprise that is, to me, my biggest surprise is <coughs> on the down for a team that I, I expect to do well. You know, with all the roster changes they made with the Reds, they can't even score runs. I love the Reds, And they too, can't man. score. They, they, know, they, they didn't See, I never out. liked what they did. No, they, 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 I mean, I just expected them to – they made changes to try to improve their offense. They yeah. can't just get runs on the board. Matt Kemp, I mean, we know no, he – he know he can't hit. Right. right he Puig, was, though. And, Puig is a guy, right. And so, I mean, in that ballpark, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying, because in that ballpark, the way it is, the ball flies out of there in Cincinnati compared to in L.A., mm-hmm. where, you know – the ball just gets it gets stuck in the jet, jet stream or something, just goes right down. You know. But, but let me ask you something. Last year, they had a bunch of young guys Cincinnati. that rallied around each other. Mm-hmm. Now you got Kemp in there and Puig in there. Do you think yeah, that matches with the chemistry? No, I mean, I think that they, you know, there's guys that have played in the, in the World Series the last few years, so you would think they have a little more experience and they could actually help the young guys. Right. And you put them in there with an MVP like Joey Votto. But those ain't really leaders, though. No, pitching. no. But the pitch, it's not even their pitching that's that bad this year. It's their offense. They can't, they can't hit, well. Runs. They can't, they they can't, can't hit. They get shut out four games already. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's in a ballpark where the ball flies out. Exactly. Um, you want to go to a team that's playing well over their head, you know, well right now to start the season. I, I, I want to say I didn't expect it this fast, but the Padres look really good out the gate. Not just because of Manny Machado, but Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh, I love who Tatis hit a home Jr., run man. in St. Louis yesterday, where his father played. Right, right, that, right. That was that was uh, very good to see. I, I like what they're doing with that roster. You like the Ian down. Kinsler pickup? Uh, nah, I mean it was somebody. Old. He's 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 over the hill, but, but I like the way he brings some hitter. you know veterancy over right. there. It, it drops Will Myers down to in the lineup to a more uh, spot where he can get RBIs. I mean, you got a pretty good lineup with Hosmer and, and Myers, Machado. You know, the pitching has looked really good, too. People don't, don't know who Marge Vicious is, and some of these guys, you know, they look a lot better than when they had Clayton Richard and a bunch of bums in their starting rotation. So right, right. I think they can make a run here in, in, the, in the West because it's wide open. I don't, I don't trust the Dodgers, really, and I don't trust the uh, – I mean, Arizona's not going to be there, and Colorado looks like a team that's just started, starting out drinking motor oil because they're terrible. Yeah, they um, lost a few pieces, the too. The are pounding them every game. Oh, yeah. Tonight, probably the same thing, but I don't trust the Colorado <coughs> at all. We'll see uh, what happens in the, in the NL West, though. But those are my two surprises. Uh, out the gate. Out the gate. I mean, obviously, the Red Sox are a huge surprise, but for me, those are, those are the ones that kind of shocked me. Right. Well, I'm going to pick these two teams. Me and my New Yorkers always go at it. Boston Red Sox is my biggest surprise as far as, you know, you mentioned it, 2-8. and eight unacceptable. I know it's early, but for a franchise like that. Now, one thing about Boston, they got the potential to have like a 6-7 game home streak and go 6-1. And And before you know it, they're right back where it started at. But they my biggest surprise as of today. That's the question. The question is, is as of today, Boston's my biggest surprise on the losing end. Now, I hate to say this, and I have to say it. I know Bray Brinks is looking. The Mets are the biggest surprise to me as far as doing well. And I love their pickups. Now, I'm not saying they're going to make noise. They're going to go in the playoffs. Yo, Ralphie, Felix, Guzman, all of y'all better give me respect for this, man. But your New York Mets are looking real good. I love the Cano pickup. I felt he had to get out of Seattle and get a fresh start. Now, he's got a fresh start. Yo, 
his body language is totally different, Noah. I mean, he's up there doing cartwheels when he's running on the field, like laughing, like he found love for the game again. And that Diaz is one of the best closers in the game. Now, I think Seattle probably gave him up because they probably felt they burnt his arm out because he was liking every game, at least every game they was winning. But he's still looking pretty good for the Mets. I like, I like the pickup of Ramos. I like the J.D. Davis. And Keon Broxton, I think, can help him in the outfield where he can play some defense. Now, he don't hit for much. But I think the Mets did a lot. I don't think they're going to start off great and just tail off real fast. I think they'll hang around. And I even say they'll make the playoffs. But they ain't getting to no World Series, though. But they'll make the playoffs. So those are my two surprises. Uh, before we get off this subject, anybody you like that you've seen something where they can win it all? I know it's early, but I'm saying with the makeup of the team. You got anybody off your head just with the makeup you see can make a real run for it? Yeah, uh, Atlanta Braves, especially if the Braves. Oh, I forgot to mention that. If no, the no Braves go get, uh, I'd love to see if the Braves get like Dallas Keuchel because I just have some feeling that they might grab him, you know. And, uh, now, does he still, does he got arm issues, Will? Because that's what everybody's scared of. Not that I've heard. I mean, he seemed fine last year. He wasn't as good last year as right. Cy Young year, but he was still. No, but if he don't got arm issues, then it's not an issue. I mean, yeah. he's got a bad year. Yeah. But if he's got arm issues and he's about to get that money, because he wants that money, yeah. do you sign him? You I, think, the I, said, I think a team like the Braves will, will, I'm not saying they will, but a team like that will, will grab him, and he could fit right into that rotation as a, a veteran presence among good young pitching and, and kind of lead the staff. Maybe not as right. number one, but it lead them as far as, uh, you know, leadership qualities. And I think, you know, Playoff experience, I like that series, that type of stuff. Yeah. I like that, but I think they'll really make a run for it. Early on, if I had to pick a team to win it all right now, um, Phillies have just been on a rampage. Y'all that, giving me no option. That, I, that I like Braves. Are you saying Philly? That, I'm out of option. That you know, I don't line of one to nine is just is brutal for any pitcher to have to face. Uh, they look good in, uh, at home. Their pitching's look good, which I thought I expected their pitching not to be as good. Besides Aaron Nola, Eflin's yeah. look good. Arietta looked good uh, yesterday. Well, like I prefer really looking. Who? Uh, he prefer not not too bad. Nick Pavetta, he's he's pitched he pitched well as uh, his last start. Yeah, Eflin, um, I like also. Right, Eflin, I, I thought he was gonna have a down year, but he's looked good. He had another good game today. And, and who they got closing Noah? Um, Is it committee still? No, it's uh, yeah, I think it's committee. Think, but you know Kimbrough's out there. Why they don't get Kimbrough for a couple years? He wants to get paid, paid. That's why. I know. He let, uh, you know he why? He wants he Chapman. a chance to win the World Series he wants, again. He wants to roll his Chapman you know, money for a couple Oh, wow. You know why? He might be out of baseball for yeah. a half a season. And then the other team, if, you're going to say, if I had to say, that's uh, clicking on all cylinders this weekend, uh, the New York Yankees, missing five starters, you know, if they start he's got to get one game, one team. You ain't got to right. get three, four. No, now you're jumping into all oh, my, my those, potential those teams. Two teams. Give me one like, team. One like. from the East, one from the West. Well, that wouldn't be a surprise. Like. It, is, it is a surprise because the Yankees are, well, come on. Yeah, I mean, no, because everybody's hurt, right? Everyone's throwing yeah. them, you know, five, but six baggers. But they look, if they can hit like this right now with nobody in the lineup, wait till they yeah, have their full they'll, they'll be fine. Yeah, the Yankees, I, I still think Yankees still got to get a number one, a real number one. Severino's not a number one to me. Tanaka has the best potential out the staff to be a number one. Paxson ain't a number one. And Jay ain't happening a number one. No. So if they could get a number one, you know. Yeah, they don't grow on trees. Everything yeah. else, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. Okay, now, uh, we got time, boss lady? All right, we're going out the box right now. Out the box. 
I'm going to start with you, Noah Parker. My out-the-box question is, is Russell Westbrook a team player or is he a guy that just want to get mine? And the second part, there's a two-part question to that. Could he ever win a championship with OKC? He is a team player per se because Tell I mean, him why. if he was Tell a team why. player, he'd be more of a Kobe Bryant type. I don't even need to pass the ball at all. But the fact that he's averaged a triple-double again for the third straight year. Before he was averaging that, though, he right. had that Kobe Bryant mindset. That mentality. That's why yes. now he's evolved into this more of a team point guard-oriented player. And he's, you know, he's looking around for his teammates at all, you know, at all um, aspects of his game. But when he was more of an offensive threat, it worked more. Now that his offense has kind of stepped back a little bit, you know, they're waiting for that pass. But I still think he's a team player, you know, in that aspect. Now, of course, he does pad his stats. We've seen it. Right. He's been accused of it. And, it's, you know, it's it's obvious that he does because sure. that's why he almost, you know, damn near. I got people I got people that tell me. Right? I had to talk to my boy Rio. He knows the game pretty good also. He goes, Al, you keep saying that pad in the stat. He still got to go out there and do it. Now, I want you to respond to that. I mean, me and you talked about it. Go out there and do it. Like, like, uh, like you still got to do it. Yeah, right, right, right. Whether right, he's right. padding his stats or not, he's still averaging a triple right, double. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. You can't really. Um, so you, do you, you knock him as much? No, I don't really me knock, and you him. knock him. I, because, I, don't, I don't knock him, knock him. Right, right. But, I mean, you still have to throw that out there. It is something that he does. Yeah, because it's obvious. Like, if he needs three rebounds, right. he, 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 he tells everybody, let me right. get these rebounds. He doesn't come on. He doesn't, you know, in, a, in an 18-point game, he tells his coach, Billy Donovan, I, hey, let me, let me stay out here. Right. I mean, it, some people could look at that as him being a leader. Some people look at that as, and you just pad your stats. Like you being greedy, being greedy. Being greedy, exactly. You know, you, and, and, and DMX said a long time ago, stop being greedy. Exactly. Just get, your, get, your, get the W and get out. You don't get have to the w and get out. Stuff. That's how you get hurt. Now, like what he that. did for Nipsey. Yeah, I mean, that, that what was What he did for Nipsey. Game. I'm going to give him a pass on that. Because right, Donovan one wanted to take him out. He needed about two, three rebounds in the last minute. Kind of incredible because you still, you gotta hope the guy misses the ball goes your way. Adam said he missed it on purpose, but we all know Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but bottom line, he got the 20, 20, 20. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody that knows what Nipsey came for know exactly what that means. Right. And salute for uh, West, Russell uh, Westbrook for accomplishing that on that day. But I don't like to see him play on a regular basis like that. And patting your stats. Right. Your but stats. I, I still love him. I'm not hating on him. I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm a Westbrook fan. I usually, I usually cheer for Westbrook, but I just don't like when he passes the stats. Right. Money line out. Same questions. Uh, first question, can you repeat yeah. the... Uh, is he a team player or he's a type of guy that just want mine? I think he's a team player now. I mean, Paul George wouldn't have uh, the numbers he does if, if Westbrook wasn't concerned about any teammates. And Steven Adams, too. You know, he... He does get these guys the ball, and, and he has changed his approach to the game. But he kind of had to. You know why? When George re-signed, George said to him, I want the ball. Because yeah. George could have not had signed with them. Yeah. So I think they made a little agreement there. But so, yeah. so that's changing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and so that definitely he's, he's a team player. And as far as winning a title, it, it all depends on, to me, one thing. It's very simple. He has, well, two things. First... He has to change his emotions towards. He can't let things get to him like opposing teams, crowds, and 
and get involved with fans on other teams. You can't worry about that stuff. All the greats don't care about those. Okay, well, let me tell you something. He's like, he's addicted to that. So how do you stop anything you're addicted to overnight? I mean, you, like any, any any other addiction, I suppose, uh, you know, you wean we yourself off of it or you go cold turkey. You have to yeah. worry about what's important and what you can control and things like that where you can't control. I All think, you can do is point to the security, hey, just have this guy removed, you know, that type I of thing. I think his makeup yeah. makes him like that. So but then you what I'm saying is if, if he cuts that part of his game out, you're taking right. away the animals. The passion of Russell. That's just him. It's like it's like you got to take the good with the bad with him. Yeah, but that's something that's controllable and it's not on the court. Okay. That to me is something that can. No, I'm with you, but me knowing about Westbrook, it's not gonna be easy. Well, he's gonna do it. Nothing winning titles is not easy. Right. Right. It never is. So that's number one. And number two, this is the reason why he's lost in the playoffs to teams that um, that he should be beat, has should have beaten. Right. To me, it's about respect. All the greats of all time, greats who have won multiple titles and, and have, have really had great playoff success, sustained playoff success. I'm talking about winning titles, you know, in, in all sports. What's been their number one thing is their respect of opponents. And Westbrook, to me, does not respect his opponents at times, including Utah last year. The reason <laughs> they lost that series because Westbrook had no respect for Utah, and that's how upsets happen when you don't respect your opponents. The reason why. Tom Brady wins many times, and, and Jordan's won a zillion times, is because these guys go into series, no matter who they're playing, they could be playing the, the dregs of the league, in their minds they feel, wow, these guys are better than me, and I have to prove that I'm better than them. I'm going to show them they are better, they are better than me or they're equal, but I'm going to show that, that I'm not equal. And he goes into these series and, and games where he feels Which like, you know, I just got to roll the ball out there, and I'm better than them, and they yeah. should bend over for me. Which is kind of inspiration to the opponent, opponents. Because when yeah, they, they know you don't that. respect them, oh, they, they come, they're bringing an A game to you. Yes. So okay, so, respect. Okay, uh, let me say my take real quick. I'm going into break. Um, I'm going to submit to the team player thing because it's obvious once you average a triple-double, you got to be team-oriented in some degree. Mm-hmm. But I still think he, he's really on that mind shit on the low. On the low. Like, I, I think he goes in the locker room knowing – I need eight points or I need 18 points. And when you're thinking like that, you're taking away from the game itself of actually winning the game. And uh, can he ever win a championship in OKC? I'm going to look dead in the camera right here, and I'm going to say absolutely no. We're going right to break. Don't go nowhere. We got some bills to pay. And Will the Moneyline guy is taking me to lunch because he loves every time I say that. We'll be right back. Yeah, welcome back. We back to the Al York Sports Show. The last session of the show, the trivia. I love this part because I make these guys work, and I don't have to work. I just give out the questions. I'm going to start with Noah Parker. Who goes by the Millville Meteor? No nickname question? Yeah. Nickname, Millville Meteor. I pass. Maybe Will knows. No idea. <laughs> Mike Trout. That's his name? Yes. I thought it was No Doubt Trout. His name. All right, yeah. All right, question number two. Will, who's the smallest NBA player ever to win a scoring title? 
And I'm going to give you what he averaged. He averaged 34. I can't give you the years because I know how your brain works. You'll narrow it down. So I'll give you the 34 he averaged per game. Uh, Tiny Archibald? There you go, brother. Nate Archibald. Okay, uh, Noah Parker. Todd Cobb played in three World Series. I want you to tell us how many home runs he hit. Those three. I know it's a tough question, brother. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> you know, I, know it's tough, I know it's a tough question. Seven. Seven. <laughs> You're going to say zero. He hit zero. Uh, I don't think he was terrible in the, in the, in the, in the World Well, Moneyline guy's hot. Uh, we're going back to Will. Which NBA player coach starred in the movie Double Team? Double Team. Hmm. You ain't got to give it up because we're lacking time, brother. I don't know. Dennis Rodman. Yeah, there you go, baby. <laughs> yeah, there right. you go, Deacon. Come Dennis Rodman. Don't worry. Okay, uh, back to Noah. Raging Bull is a 1980 classic, right? Of course. What boxer they made the movie about? Amada? There you go. Poor De Niro. You got it, baby. 2-2. Two, two. Back to Will. <clears throat> okay. The MVP title, right? What does... What's the, what's the actual meaning of MVP? Most valuable player? No, but give me what's the actual... <laughs> there's a name, they, there's a saying they came up with. It wasn't the most valuable player. It's something else. I can't give you too much. What's uh, Give me the actual name for it. I know it's most valuable player, but they came up with it with something else. Then they added the most valuable player. But it's MVP. It goes MVP. Which sport? Uh... I guess there's still one basketball. That's a good question. There's, uh, there's different types. You know, there's uh, hockey there, what they call it, the, uh, the Calder or Vezina, whatever type, type of trophy there for a type of MVP. I don't know. I, I have to know the sport, I guess. Okay, no idea. Well, the Maurice Poldelof Trophy. It must be a specific sport. It has to be. Probably it is. I probably, you know what? I'll give y'all a pass on that yeah. one. Thank you. I'll give y'all a pass on that one. I'll eat that one. Okay, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. The Al York Sports Show, the total, like the round table, Will Bernanke, a.k.a. the Money Line Guy. Thank you, sir, for coming through once again. Noah Parker, a.k.a. the Secret Weapon. We'll be back each and every Sunday. Check in. CWN Sports. Zeno.fm, CWN Sports for the podcast. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll get that chart next week. Salute. Thank you for listening to the Al York Sports Show.